10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits! Cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off! Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. And we welcome you once again to the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Coming up here in the next few minutes, we're going to be joined by the new athletic director, vice chancellor of intercollegiate athletics, Jeff Purinton, our first real visit with him. Excited about that. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. First time, I mean, we meet him and visit briefly at his press conference, but so does the rest of the world, right? So. I mean, that that press conference was packed. Yeah. Uh, just everybody in town came. And really, we talked about it when it happened. That was one of the better turnouts for a press conference, if not the best turnout for a press conference that we can remember. So, yes, he was having his head turned in all sorts of directions that day. So we finally get to kind of visit with him here in the next few minutes. And really, our goal with this is not to get into the – just day-to-day stuff. We just want folks to get a chance to know him a little bit. Yeah, because this dude's hit the ground running. I mean, a lot of stuff. I mean, he's from one thing to the next to the next. So I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes with him in a bit here. Meanwhile, the big event over this past week happened at First National Bank Arena on Friday night, the celebration of life ceremony for Larry Lacewell. I thought this was really well done. Just everybody from athletics that helped put this event together, Jerry Scott, Amy Holt, Maddie Stein, I know all worked very hard and countless others trying to make this a great event. I know you were there doing your Mm -hmm. show on Friday and you had some great interviews, did a great job as always, and got to visit with a lot of the folks that were there. I I heard part of your interview with Keith Jackson. He was there and was really good. Joe Washington, another guest on your show. And I know you got to visit with former athletic director, Dr. Dean Lee. Yeah. And you know, Dr. Lee was the one that sort of spearheaded the name of the locker room after Coach Lacewell in the old facility, what's now the visitor's locker room, was the Larry Lacewell home locker room uh so we could talk through that process but you know the one that kind of caught me off guard was that i had really no reason to know or think keith jackson was going to be there the former yeah ou tied in because you know he was basically at oklahoma five six seven seasons whatever after coach lace will left wasn't an overlap there so like the first thing i had to ask is all right i know you guys are both from arkansas i know you both did stints at ou but how'd you know coach lace will and his answer was just through coach switzer and he said that basically later in life for those two guys he chaperoned them if barry switzer and larry lacewell wanted to <laughs> go on a trip keith jackson was who drove them around that's pretty good chaperone yeah, to have not bad so but he had some stories to tell and more that he probably couldn't tell i imagine that was the case <laughs> It was neat, though, and you had some great interviews the other day. Enjoyed hearing those. I was there as well and had a chance to emcee that event. I actually met with Chris Lacewell the day before, and, you know, I've hosted a lot of events over the years, as have you, and we've never done anything quite like that, though. So 
to have a celebration of life ceremony. That's what they were calling it going in. I had gone over with Jerry Scott and met, met with Chris and a couple of family members on Thursday. I wanted to just make sure the tone was right. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, it's not a memorial service. This is a celebration of life. So that's kind of what we tried to do and had a chance to visit with people like Jerry Jones and Barry Switzer before the event. And then uh, hosting the event, had a chance to uh, to bring them up the other night. And it was just great. And I thought Ray Brown did a great job with his speech and so many others. A, a lot of the messages were through video the other night. Jimmy Johnson was one of those. Tim Langford, Fred Barnett recorded a video message, which I thought was very good as well. But uh, everybody that, that spoke uh, was just uh, fantastic. Well, and I thought a very fitting tribute for a true legend today. I'd say this. It's a tribute to Coach Lacewell, the man, for Fred Barnett. <laughs> to send in a message because you know, I said this on my show from a football standpoint if I'm Fred Barnett I don't want to talk to Larry Lacewell ever again because that, that dude never threw me the ball my whole college career Fred Barnett's the best player with no college numbers you're ever going to come across because they ran that wishbone and I say that jokingly because we know sure. Fred Barnett's a great player was a great NFL player but like his career numbers at Arkansas State there are dudes that do that now in a season but you saw, or the people that were around then saw what kind of player he was, what kind of talent he was. And, you know, back in 2014, when they named the All Centennial team, he was a starter on that team. And thankfully, they did take into account yeah. the offense that he played in. Yeah, yeah. That's a guy who's, uh, whose NFL career got him on the college All Century team because, uh, you know, he was a great wide receiver in a wishbone offense. All right. So, again, a, a very well done event the other night. It was a privilege for, for both of us to yes. be a part of that night and a fitting tribute to Larry Lacewell as well. So, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to be joined in studio by Jeff Purinton. Stay tuned for that here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, Wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. And we welcome you back into the Second to Done podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We are pleased to be joined in studio now by the new vice chancellor for intercollegiate athletics at Arkansas State University, Jeff Purinton. How you doing, Jeff? Doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Okay, first question, because I know that's the right job the you gate. signed up for. <laughs> So all right if we just call you the AD. Are you cool with that? You can just call me that, Jeff. I've been called a lot of things. Uh, yeah, if you said vice chancellor, the people I grew up with back in Palatka, Florida, they'd have a hard time believing that. <laughs> well, I told you before we sat down to record today, I, I don't want to get into a lot of the job stuff. I, I just want folks to kind of get to know you a little bit. You mentioned Palatka, Florida. <laughs> Tell us about growing up there tell us about your family and when did athletics become a part of your life yeah so grew up in Palaka pretty much my whole life and athletics you know ever since I can remember playing cap league baseball I think they called it when I was probably five years old 
But it's a smaller town. It's probably 10,000 people. It's about an hour south of Jacksonville on the St. John's River. But good people. But everything for me was centered around sports. So years and years ago in the 80s, so you'd ride your bike and meet up with everybody and there'd be a football game going or a baseball game or we'd be playing in somebody's yard every once in a while there'd be some Nintendo mixed in whenever that that came into play but even that you were playing sports and mm-hmm. and competing so I just kind of grew up around it and I played I played pretty much everything growing up pretty average I would say <laughs> in most sports the irony is that the one sport I didn't play much growing up uh, is golf, and that's kind of the only thing I got left now. And I always tell my dad, you know I wasn't going to be able to play basketball at a high level or these other sports. You should have just made me play golf. So, yeah, it's all dad's fault. Exactly. So he so played golf, but he I'd, didn't get you going? I'd be on tour. I'd be playing in a major today if he would have got me started earlier. So um, <laughs> played in high school and then went to school at Florida State. Both my parents went to school there and got their PhD. So, so it's the four of us, my parents obviously, and my um, little sister, and we grew up there in Palatka on a place called Mud Lake, believe it or not. So (laughs) next to my grandparents. So it it was a great, you know, family situation, a great way to grow up, kind of smaller town. And then you could walk down to the grandparents' house and my grandma always had cookies and everything. And we'd swim in the lake and fish and all that kind of thing. So um, had a great childhood and then went to FSU, like I said. And I actually had a, a roommate that I got set up with that had a relationship through the, actually the sports writer at the Palaka Daily News. He knew her daughter and she knew Coach Bowden, obviously. So he had a um, kind of an internship set up in media relations, sports information, all these different names now, strategic communications now. So he was in sports information our freshman year. I was like, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And maybe that's a way I can stay involved in athletics. You know, obviously I knew playing anywhere near the college level wasn't going to happen. So he kind of uh, introduced me to a few people there and I Ended up answering phones in a closet there for $0 an hour in the sports information office. And back then, people would kind of call the sports information office and say, hey, was so-and-so on the roster in 1985 for whatever sport? And you'd have to look it up in the media guide. or And even that was kind of the hub, and you'd have to transfer people to other yeah. other departments. But I I'd liked it, and I liked being around uh, sports and the coaches and the – student athletes and I would work in the summer and I didn't get paid for a, for a while there but it wasn't wasn't really about that it was being around it and then eventually that led to you know making 20 hours a week minimum wage and then a grad assistantship once I graduated and then a full-time role and and then I kind of did some different things in the department at FSU you mentioned a roommate but you actually were roommates with a Heisman Trophy winner at one point, Chris Winkie, the Florida State quarterback. Yeah, so just you know how the social circles work, and I got to know a bunch of the the football guys, and um, I'd lived with a couple different people the first few years, and then it's funny, Chris and Kevin Long was a center, and Daryl Bush was linebacker. I don't know if people remember yeah. some of those mm-hmm. names, but they had a spot at their house open, and I was looking for a place, and and they actually called me and said, "Hey, you want to talk about?" potential roommate situation and I said sure so I went over and went to the house and sat down with him and I was going to tell them hey if I take this and I'm working in the athletic department you know there needs to be some confidentiality here uh, of what happens (laughs) at the house and all that kind of thing so so I kind of said that right off the bat and they were laughing and they were like we were about to tell you the same thing so I lived with those guys and and they graduated and then Chris and I moved to a different house and Chris is one of my 
closest friends and still keep up with him today. You probably need to call him out and talk to him in a couple of days. What What did you go to Florida State thinking you wanted to do? I wasn't sure. I think I started somewhere on the business management side, and then I kind of shifted to sports management. And I didn't really have a game plan. I would say when I, my freshman year of college, it was just try to make a few few A's and B's and get to the next semester. Pick up a few phone numbers, maybe, if you're lucky. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your relationship with Bobby Bowden. Yeah, just a special relationship with Coach. And I remember Coach Bowden, I remember when I was growing up, he'd, he'd come to do some booster tour stuff, you know, either in St. Augustine, Florida, or, you know, areas around where I grew up. And he just had such a special way about him. Then when I got to FSU, my boss let me do a lot of the football media stuff. So I ended up being a lot of times the point person between Coach Bowden and the national media that would come into town. And, and then that evolved into, like I mentioned, I, I love golf and Coach Bowden does as well. So a lot of times Coach would just call me and we'd go out to the golf course, just the two of us, or maybe we might add some somebody if, if we had, you know, we usually try to get out there and play pretty quick. But I remember one time, I'll not forget this, I think I was a GA maybe, and Coach Bowden calls my direct line, which was a pretty big deal. And he's like, hey, buddy. And I'm like, oh, hey, Coach Bowden. He goes, <laughs> what do you have going on uh, this afternoon? And I said, I had this meeting and something else. And he just said, that sounds like something you can get out of. He goes, let's play golf. So I go and tell my boss, hey, Coach Bowden wants me to go play golf with him. He's like, damn it, I guess you got to go. <laughs> so, so Coach Bowden, the, the rule I always had from then on, I always kept my clubs and some shorts and golf shoes in my car. Um, and I've carried that to this day. And and it's pretty much the same with Coach Saban the last 15 years at Alabama. Well, again, you're a GA, though. Yeah. What makes Coach Bowden call a – I don't a know. GA to go play golf. That's a great question. Did, did he just see something in you? Did he enjoy your company? Yeah, I that guess much? so. And you know, you'd be out at football practice, and coach would be, you know, driving out in his golf cart or or going out, walking out there, and you know, I'd speak with him, and we'd do the media stuff after practice. So you just kind of develop a rapport a little bit, and and I think he was comfortable around me. He knew yeah. he could relax, and you spend four hours with somebody in a golf cart, you kind of get to know him pretty well. So. I think, you know, I'm a decent player, not great, but and I played pretty quick and um he just felt comfortable and and we played a lot of a lot of golf together. But he's a special man. I always say he's probably the best person I've ever been around in my life. Just how much he cared about people and and the life he lived and the kind of standard he set there and really what he built. I mean, it's unbelievable if people don't know Florida State was and I used to go to the games when I was a kid. It was kind of an erector set stadium, not in a conference. And to build it to what it is now is really remarkable. Now, let me let some, the non-golfers listening to this podcast know something about golfers. They are among the worst uh, poor mouthers in all of sports. So if a person <laughs> that plays golf tells you, you know, they're okay, but not great, let me just tell you. I don't even have to see him swing. He's a pretty damn good golfer because any golfer that says I'm okay but not great has got some game. I really am. Right now, I'm just okay. I haven't played much. I played. Uh, actually got to know a few people this week, and I played at the Rumble at the Ridge out mm-hmm. at uh, Ridge Point. Played with Randy Woodard and had a had a great time. And the first 
day and a half, I would say, if you call Randy, he would say, no, he's not very good. But I, I kind of got it figured out a little bit by Sunday. And then we did a thing at Jonesboro Country Club with the men's golf deal and some of the football staff Monday evening. So out of my first, I think this is the eighth day, four days have been golf. I used to be pretty good before my two daughters, then before working in Alabama, played a little bit more golf than I do do now. You worked your way up to the director of football communications role at Florida State. Then in 2006, you left to become the director of media relations for the Orange Bowl. Talk right. about that experience. Well, first of all, I got offered the Orange Bowl job, but you know, I'd grown up. Tallahassee was kind of my second home. I knew everybody, liked working in the department, and I went to Dave Hart, who was the AD at the time, and I asked him if he'd you know, bump me up a few thousand and consider a title change at some point. And Dave said, no, you need to take that job. You're capable of doing more, all that kind of thing. And I was a little bit kind of heartbroken. Mm. <laughs> so, okay, I guess I'm You were comfortable at Florida State. Yeah, I was comfortable. But Dave, and I think I called Dave when, I, when, when this job happened and thanked him for kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone, like you said. Yeah. Um, the Orange Bowl was a great job, great people. You know, you have the committee you kind of work with, and a lot of – I'm still friends with a lot of committee members now. Uh, and then we had some, you know, community events. There's a youth football league. So it's more than just the one football game. And we had a basketball classic as well. But it was a great job. I actually lived in South Beach. And, um, yeah, it was an interesting time. But I was planning to stay there for a while. Yeah. Um, and then – I don't know if you were going to ask this next, but the call from Coach Saban occurred. All right. Well, yeah, that that was the next question. So you're with the Orange Bowl, 2006 and 2007. In 2007, the story is you're golfing in Scotland. Is that right? That is correct. And you get a voicemail from Nick Saban. So. After you're finished golfing, I guess you come in from your round, you check your voicemail, and what's your reaction when you hear that voicemail? Yeah, it's funny. I don't know what it was with cell phones. This was 2007, so it's different than it was or is now. I think I got all my voicemails when I got to the Atlanta airport some kind of way. So I had a bunch of different voicemails. I think Kirk Herbstreet, some other coaches, I think two from Coach Saban. Now, Herbstreet actually recommended you. Yeah, he did. For this yep. position at Alabama, right? He did. I've known Herbie for a lot of years. Game day was just basically setting up in the end zone, yeah. and it wasn't like the game day now. So, knew Herbie. But the great thing about him is he's stayed the same guy, you know, as he's grown in prominence. He's still the same, just a good person. So, got the call from coach, and I think I called Herbstreet back first, and I said, hey, what's – I didn't apply for any job. I didn't – I was good at the Orange Bowl. And he said, you know, coach had called him and he he recommended me. They wanted to kind of revamp the media side and dealing with TV and some of coach's appearances and TV shows, all those kind of things. So Herbie said, well, you should see if you can get Jeff. And um, and I said, well, what do you think? And he goes, you need to do it, man. He's the best. You'll love Tuscaloosa. And you, this is a good job and a good fit. So Kevin Steele was on the staff there, and I'd known him from FSU. Kirby Smart was on the staff. So I had some mutual people that I bounced the ideas off of. And and then I, I called Coach back and had a conversation, and he, he basically just said, what do I have to do to get you to come to Alabama? And I told him A, B, and C, and he just says, okay. 
So then I'm thinking I should have said a few more. The E&M. <laughs> just added some to that conversation. So I said, well, you want me to come interview or what's the step here? And he goes, nope. He goes, I've already talked to all the people I need to talk to. So met, drove up two weeks later to Tuscaloosa. I'd never been to Tuscaloosa before. So, And I stopped in Tallahassee actually and saw Coach Bowden and spent a couple hours with him. He's a big Alabama guy. I went to school there a semester, a big Coach Bryant fan. And he was as excited as I was and telling me all kind of stories. And, and then I drove up and stayed. I think I stayed with Kevin Steele actually and um, rolled in with him the next morning, 15 years later. Yeah. When you're dealing, and I'm sure with Coach Bowden, and then certainly – as things evolved and you're handling even the national media with Coach Saban, how good do you have to get at saying no to people? <laughs> yeah, it's a fine line between no or let's see if we can figure that out and kind of, you know, see if you can slow play it a little bit. But I'm kind of like our guy Jerry at Arkansas State. I'm pretty honest and open. And I think some sometimes people, like, hey, we're just not going to be able to do that. Or we don't, you know, Coach has an hour allotted and we're only going to be able to do these couple national things but we'll see if we can get it this summer so yeah there's a there's a lot more no's than than yeses but with coach coach bowden would pretty much do any any interview uh, you asked him there's a story before i got there when not many games were on tv and you know the team run out was the big open for the for whatever tv game was on so florida state was on and some other timing got messed up and the team ran out too early and Coach Bowden put the had the team go back into the tunnel and run out again for <laughs> wow. the, the TV deal. Yeah. So, but both of them, I would say, <laughs> understand the importance of media and messaging, and had really good national relationships. Well, your official title at that point is Associate AD for Football Communications, and you're in that role from 2007 to 2015. Just how demanding was that, though? Not only having to work for Coach Saban, but mm-hmm dealing with all the media requests at at any other school I'm sure is entirely different than having to do it at Alabama yeah oh it was demanding challenging the first few years I I was in the football offices so I treated it the same as an assistant coach or anybody that worked over there if coach was there those first few years I was I was in the office he would call and the no caller ID would show up and you get that kind of tense up deal and not in your stomach and you're thinking of what what's needed or what issues are we having but i realized coach when coach called you you could maybe figure out some things on the phone but he really wants you to come down to the office and and talk to him in person so i felt like it was necessary to be there as the years went on i figured out some windows of when you could kind of you know slide out or or take a few days here and there but not many and it was 2007 it was a grind, and we weren't that good, honestly, and the roster wasn't where it is now, and we went to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. And, but you knew you could see it happening, and you yeah. could see what Coach Saban was going to accomplish. I didn't, maybe not to this degree, yeah. but... <laughs> now, there's a story I read. You actually would play basketball at lunch, and part of your assignment was to guard Coach Saban. <laughs> Yeah, this will show how much of an average athlete I was. So I can't jump. I'm not that fast. I used to be able to shoot a little bit, but no longer. So Coach Saban, everything is, you know, what time of the year it is. He only plays golf sort of in the off-season window. And in the basketball league, I think it used to be after 
maybe after spring ball or after signing day, one of those windows. And you, every day at noon, it, was, it wasn't an option. You played in the basketball games. And I wasn't great, so I guarded coach every day. I remember uh, I missed one because I had a doctor's appointment and something I was getting. I think I had a doctor's appointment to get my life insurance done or something. So the next day, he's like, where were you yesterday? I said, well, I had this appointment. It ran long. He goes, well, you need to do that on your own time. And I, I didn't know if he was kidding or not. So I made sure every day. I, when was your own time? Whenever he left the office. Yeah. And sometimes maybe not even then. Who's the better golfer between the two coaches? Coach Saban, probably. Really? Yeah. It seemed like Coach Bowden probably loved it In more. the beginning, but Coach, you know, Coach Saban, a little bit younger. But Coach Bowden wasn't go to the range and practice where Coach Saban, you know, after usually after signing day, he goes to the golf facility and takes lessons, not lessons, gets tips from the golf our golf coach at Alabama. And uh, he really works at it, and he's methodical in terms of getting ready for golf season. But by the end of the summer, he, he can get it down in the 70s. So even with his golf, it was the process. The process was everything. Yeah. The basketball games, like you said, I think I was on the other, and it was all everything's a competition, obviously, and winning is priority one A always. So I was on the other team. I think we won maybe one time in seven or eight years. You were the Washington General. We That's exactly what I was about to yeah. say. Yeah, your job was to lose. Our job was to lose. Our coach told us one time our job was to be out there so he can get exercise and stay in good health. <laughs> Direct quote. You can ask Kirby Smart or any of those guys that used to play. All right. So you start to do more at Alabama. Your role evolves over the years. And just going through a list here, you were senior associate AD, executive associate AD, deputy AD, and most recently, the executive deputy AD at Alabama. When did you start having aspirations to maybe being an athletic director yourself? Yeah, well, first, you know, the titles a few years ago were, were a huge deal to me, and I'd always talk to the AD about them. And, and I now, at this point in time, I've realized nobody really knows what any of those titles mean. And any time I was with Greg Byrne, it was always... Hey, I, I have no idea what those no, mean. No, no one knows. And there's too many <laughs> of them. And though there's Greg and there's Jeff. He's, he's the assistant AD or something. Like, that's the other guy. So anyway, I think even when I was at Florida State coming up and, you know, working with Dave Hart, becoming an AD one day was a long-term goal. And then as the years went by to Alabama, I started thinking about, you know, what that path would look like. And then Coach Battle and Coach Saban as well, allowing me to go over and work on the administrative side of the, the house. I mean, Coach Saban had to sign off on it, honestly. You know, not much happens there without Coach's blessing. So I talked to Coach Saban about it. There were some opportunities on the admin side, and he was very supportive. And he called Bill Battle and the AD at the time and said, hey, if I'm not saying this has to go one way or the other, but if there's an opportunity for Jeff, I'm supportive of it and I'm, I'm good with it. So I appreciate Coach Battle and Coach Saban kind of helping make that happen probably seven, eight years ago. When was the first time you heard of the Arkansas State opening and why was this the spot that you ultimately wanted to be yeah well I obviously worked with Butch when he was at Alabama and really thought a lot of him and liked being around him and Barb and and their family so and I've followed the success of Arkansas State through the years I've followed them watched them on TV and kind of admired how they had those runs during uh, 
the football tenures of and, and then turning the coach over every year and still having the same yeah. kind of success. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. But anyway, I talked to the search firm and they, they just kind of put a call and said, hey, is this one you might be interested in? And I said, you know what? I think, you know, the timing's good. I think it's a, that may be a, a great opportunity. And then I kind of looked at it a little more and Chuck Welch called me and he moved pretty fast. I mean, he called and said, hey, can we set something up tomorrow to talk further? So that was supposed to be a phone call, but that morphed into a Zoom for about an hour. And I really liked Chuck and very down to earth and mm-hmm. genuine and just someone, you know, I could see myself uh, working with for. And then he said, hey, he called me the next day and said, hey, can you get over to Atlanta, I think, for an in-person interview this weekend? So I said, yeah, I'll make it happen. So drove over to Atlanta the next day and and sat down with him and he and Brad Phelps and met again Sunday morning and I thought it went really well and he said he'd get back to me that Tuesday so he called me Tuesday night and had a few questions and then offered to offered it to me that Wednesday and uh I said yep I said I'm in so I'm fired up yeah. yeah it was it was fast so in the month in amongst all that who reaches out to who first between you and coach Jones oh Butch was texting me pictures of the football facilities even when i was in atlanta doing the interview so <laughs> were, were you able to communicate much with butch when you were at yeah. alabama yeah i did some yeah yeah yep. more when this possibility mm-hmm. you know kind of came about but yeah he he and he spoke so highly of uh jonesboro and and the opportunity here and you know that was certainly part of the the decision making process we wanted to go to a you know we have two daughters that are 12 and 10 now so my wife and i wanted to go to the right community and and similar to Tuscaloosa where you know the community operates around athletics and plays a big part in it so this was a this was just the right fit right time right people Uh, I know you're on a schedule today and we need to kind of wrap it up but you've been on the job here at Arkansas State just over a week now kind of give us your first impressions of being in Jonesboro full-time now and the kind of response you've received since you arrived on campus. Yeah, it's been great, man. It's like I've been here much longer than a week. I've been getting to know a lot of people over the weekend at at the golf event. It's just like Chuck told me when I first talked to him. He said, you'll you'll really love the community and, and it's a special place and everybody's been welcoming the Athletic staff has been has been great and really helped me hit the ground running. Yeah, last Wednesday was my first day. I was initially going to start this past Monday, but moved it up a little bit just to just to get going and be here for this weekend too. So yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. And honestly, I've only been to a couple places to eat. It's been mainly the apartment I'm staying in to the office and back, and that's that's been it. But I'll I'll venture out a little bit more and and get to know where everything is. And now you mentioned your girls, yeah. twelve and ten. Yeah. And your wife, are they all coming soon or are they already with you? Julie's going to come up next week for a little while. They have their whole summer mapped out. And Julie and the girls kind of operate on their own program <laughs> for the most part. So they yeah, got, they'll get here eventually. They got summer camp. Uh, my youngest is doing softball camp this week. My oldest is doing some kind of vacation Bible school, helping out with that. And we're going to take a summer vacation and and do that kind of thing. But they'll get up here in later July, probably at some point, and get settled in. Well, we appreciate you coming and hanging out with us today. And, and we'll get into all the job stuff another time. But it's cool hanging out and yeah. kind of getting to know you a little Enjoyed bit. Enjoyed it. That was a- Fast 30 minutes. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. That's Jeff Purinton joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. 
The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We really appreciate Jeff Purinton for coming by and visiting with us. Really enjoyed that chance to kind of get to know him a little bit. He was limited on time, and well, he's going all over the place right now just trying to get acclimated and meet as many people as he possibly can, but he found a 30-minute window for us, and hopefully we got as much as we possibly could out of that and look forward to a lot of future conversations with him, but just a a fantastic guy, and you get that feel as soon as he walks in the room, how he puts everybody at ease, how excited he is to be at Arkansas State. You can certainly tell that being around him, and I think our fans are going to love him as well. Yeah, he's drinking out of the fire hose right now. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. But the energy, I mean, you just pick it up, being around him, and yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be exciting times. Looking forward to kind of him getting in a groove and putting his stamp on this thing. All right, before we wrap it up, anything we need to talk about here? No, uh, not that I'm aware of. Just you know, yeah, we're to the point where it's the off season from an athletic standpoint. Nobody's competing. Uh, you do have camps going on for most all the sports. Football's had a bunch of camps in June. They this past weekend had some visitors in. If you're on social media, you know they picked up a couple of commitments this past week. The first couple of commitments in the 23 class. So there's nobody competing, but there's all kinds of folks working. That never stops. Yeah, they had their big pack party 2023 event this past Friday, and it was interesting. We we talked about. You know, all the people that were there for Larry Lacewell's event. And when I walked in, I walked in with Butch Jones and he was telling me, hey, this is the biggest recruiting day of the year for us. But he wanted to make sure he came over and, you know, he was there during kind of the reception before the event got going. But he took off after that to get back to the recruiting event. But it was cool for him to make time to, to come over on what was such a huge recruiting day for them and you're right they had they had a good weekend because of it so you can you always check social media on that if you follow the coaching staff you know the little key phrases and terms to look for typically not a secret or a mystery if they pick up a commitment it's been a fun episode thanks again to jeff purinton for coming by and spending some time with us we look forward to visiting with you once again next week on another edition of the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank